Welcome to everyone this morning. We're glad you're here today. We welcome everyone and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way as we gather to worship the Lord this morning. We welcome our guests especially. We have some visitors with us this morning, and we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we gather together. And one of the things we like to do is to greet each other. So let me invite you to stand up and turn around, shake the hands of the people around you, find somebody you don't know and introduce yourself this morning. Thank you so much. Somebody, uh, somebody in the choir called this creative chaos, and I think some chaos is good sometimes, isn't it? That's it's good to to, to have uh, some creative chaos in our lives sometimes. We're glad that you're here today. I'd like to call to your attention a few announcements this morning. Uh, first of all, let me remind you of the uh, attendance sheets that are on the inside of each row on the clipboard there. I'd like to ask if you would to take that and and fill it out, uh, put your name and address and phone number on there, email address, and check the appropriate box so we can have a record of, of your attendance with us this morning. We would certainly appreciate that. And um, have uh, some, some busy times ahead of us. Upward uh, basketball and cheerleading is right around the corner. Um, the flyers went out in the schools this past week, and we're already getting calls on that, and we'll be... Uh, doing evaluations starting very soon. I think Christine has some announcements that she would like to make. Uh, First off, you probably saw in your uh, worship photo this morning, uh, the worship, I mean, the Upward Committee set a goal of $500 that we would like to collect for scholarships. And I'm glad to announce we've already received $200 pledged this morning, so we're well on our way. Uh, Also, we're going to start evaluations on August the 18th. So if anyone wants to sign up to help with evaluations in any way, we need greeters, we need people to help register for sizing, and also to do evaluations. And if you've never helped with the evaluations, we will train you on that. So uh, if you want to help in any way with that, you can just see me. Uh, Also, we have an upward banquet. That's our kickoff banquet, and that's scheduled for this coming Wednesday evening. Everyone is invited to the banquet. Uh, This meal will be free to everyone if you have ever helped with Upward in any way or if you think you might want to help with Upward in any way. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a coach. We also need people to do outreach. We need people to help with concession, greeting. We will find a place for you. It's kind of like Robert Jenkins talked about last week. Find what your talents are and use them. Now, we have not asked Robert to help in any way with music. But we can find a place for Robert. We know he has a talent. We can find a place for him. Also, we have a prayer breakfast scheduled for next Sunday morning. That will start at 9 a.m. That is for everyone in the church or anyone that you know that would be willing to pray for the Upward Ministry. Uh, We have already asked 100 folks, and they have agreed to be prayer partners. But if we can get 150 or 200 We'd be glad to have them. The more we have praying, the better off we'll be. So the prayer breakfast is is set for 9 a.m., and at that time you will receive your list of the 100 days of prayer. And basically we start praying next Sunday, and that will go all the way up until our Upward Awards evening. And um, at the Upward Banquet, we're just going to give you a little overview. That will be Wednesday night of what each of the areas of the ministry involves. We're just asking if everybody could maybe give a couple of hours a week of their time. 
you don't have to come every Saturday. You don't have to come all day on Saturday. If you could just give us some type of commitment there, it would really be appreciated. Um, let me see. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. And if you could make a reservation, even if you normally come on Wednesday evening, if you could call the office before Wednesday and just let them know that you are going to be here so we can get an idea of how much food we'll need for Wednesday night. Uh, we had a church council meeting last Sunday evening, and it was mentioned in that meeting that uh, our church needs to concentrate on local missions. And I got to thinking about that this morning, and this is a great opportunity for everybody to be involved with a mission trip for seven weeks. All you got to do is get in your car, come to the church. You don't have to tear out any drywall. You don't have to sleep on an air mattress for seven weeks. It's just a great opportunity for all of us to get involved. And you can come and and meet with the the, uh, children, with their families. Uh, It gives you an opportunity to minister to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to children that might go to school with your children or with your grandchildren. It's just just a great opportunity for a mission. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. And indeed, this is a very important ministry that we're involved with here, and we hope that uh, that you can involve yourself in, in that in, in some way, uh, whether it's volunteering or, or praying. Uh, there's many, many ways that you can be involved with this important ministry. Um, let me call to your attention in your worship folder. There are uh, several committee meetings this week, so if you'll just take note of that. And if you're involved with one, with one of those committees, uh, please uh, be there. And... Um, uh, the, this weekend is a special weekend for some folks in our, our um, congregation. Today, I believe it is, it's Bill and Barbara Hilliard's 40th wedding anniversary. What a wonderful, wonderful testimony that is. So we thank you for that. And also, there is someone in our congregation who uh, often, when uh, surprising people on their birthdays, he will, he will call to us and, and call on us to sing happy birthday. So I think we need to turn that around on him and sing happy birthday to, Her- to Larry Haltom, whose birthday was yesterday. See, turnabout's fair play, isn't it? (laughs) We're glad that you're here. We're here to worship the Lord our God. We're here to come to God in faith because God is faithful. So let us focus on on the Lord.
Let's pray together. Oh God, give to us the seeing eyes of faith. Give to us the knowing of a renewed mind. Give to us the faithfulness of a surrendered heart. And give, and give to us the goal that is the essence of your purpose. Give to us the faith that trusts in your complete provision to each of us as we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
boys and girls, come on down this direction. And Miss Kristen Proctor is going to be with you today. If y'all can have a seat over here, if you need somebody to come with you, if you've never been up here before and have a, want a big person to come, that would be great too. Good morning. Looks like everybody's happy to be here this morning. How are you? Did everybody, most of you started school this last week? Yeah, was it cool? Awesome. <clears throat> today I'm going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, today I'm going to share a book with you. And one of the things that we learn at school is how to count, isn't it? Well, this book is about counting, but it's about counting something very special. It's about counting a blessing. Who can tell me what a blessing is? You guys know what a blessing is? Uh, sometimes you pray for him. Yeah, that's right. You don't know. Well, blessings are things that um, you're very thankful for, that you're blessed with. Uh, maybe you're blessed with good health. Maybe you're blessed with a little sister. Right, Max? Um, maybe you're blessed with wonderful family or very a big brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this story begins here, and it says, I'm happy. Do you know why? I've discovered the secret of happiness. Do you want me to tell you? Yes. <clears throat> Counting blessings. No kidding. Every day, anywhere, all the time. You know, things that you are thankful for, things that you're happy about. Did you ever try not to laugh when somebody was tickling you? That's kind of hard. <laughs> well, when you count your blessings, it's like getting tickled on the inside. Your frown turns upside down and your heart begins to sing. Oh, sometimes it's hard to make people think that you're not ticklish when you really are. Come on, let's try it right here, right now. Let's start with three. I'll go first. I'm thankful for my eyes. They're a blessing so I can see all the blessings around me. Let's see, number two, my fat cat Cleo asleep on my bed, which is actually number three, my bed. I mean, the coziest place in the whole wide world. Now it's your turn. Count your blessings. One, two, three. Give me a few blessings. That's right. Your body, your arms and your legs and everything. That's a wonderful blessing. Yeah. Your family is an awesome blessing, even if it's your brothers or sisters sometimes. So by yourself or here with me, count the blessings in plain view or close your eyes and see a few. Count them standing on your head. Count them while you lie in bed. Keep a few in your back pocket. Tuck a few inside a locket. Count your blessings when you're blue. Count them when you're happy, too. See, that's important. When I first started, I wrote a few blessings down each day and kept them in a box. 
Two weeks later, I read them all at once, and wow, did I feel happy. Now I can't stop. I'm counting blessings inside. I'm counting blessings outside. Blessings that start with the letter P or any other letter. Blessings that go from A to Z. A personal favorite. How many blessings can I count in one minute? 203. That's an awesome number. Wow. Blessings that rhyme. This takes an expert. Thank you for the big green tree with the tree tree house made. A billion, that is a lot. With the tree house that dad made for me. For all the toys and all the fun my, my friends and I have in the sun. There are no rules, no blessings too big, no blessings too small. If you count it as a blessing, then it is one. Here's the deal. Think about things that make you sad and what happens. You feel sad, don't you? Think about things in your life that make you happy and you'll be happy. Take it from me. Once you realize how full of blessings your life really is, you'll feel almost like you're going to explode. And that's great. Because that's when you start looking around for ways to become a blessing to someone else. A smile. You guys know how to be a blessing to somebody? Smile. A kind word. A helping hand. A hug. Hugs are wonderful blessings. Blessings are like hugs from God to let you know how much he loves you. Isn't that right? So counting your blessings is like hugging God back. Okay, here's what I want you guys to do on your way back to your seat. Okay, I want you to either smile at someone. That's a blessing. I want you to pick someone to maybe say a kind word to. Or you can hug them. And tell them that they're a blessing for you. Find one of those things. Either smile, say a kind word, or hug them. Okay, go. (laughs) I have never sung today's favorite hymn. I heard it once on the Andy Griffith Show. And that's the only time I ever knew that. But now others of you are going to say, how shame on you. Where have you lived in the Baptist all these years? But I just had never done that. But how many know about the little church in the Wildwood? All right. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I don't know where I've been. But uh, anyway, we didn't put the oh, come, 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 come part because I didn't know how to write that out and how we would sing that and do the other. But you have the words there. If you want to Google this, it's very interesting. This song was written before there ever was a church there. A uh, man just saw it. Well, wouldn't that be a nice place for a church? And he wrote this song. And later on, they said, well, what a nice song. Let's put a church there. <laughs> and that's really the way it is. And there is still that church today. They run about 400 marriages a year in that weddings a year in that church. And you can read that on their website, uh, Little Brown Church in the Vale or something like that, that you can find it and Google that. It's really interesting to read how that is. But we thank Dorothy Spalding for letting us do this, giving us this idea. As we sing the two verses that we've got there on There's a Church in the Valley and the Wildwood. is one of our favorite things we do. We don't stand for this or anything like that. We just let you remain seated as we sing that.
sing that old hymn 411, Tis So Sweet, of Trust in Jesus, the first and second verses of that, 411, and then two choruses, one of them that's a little bit familiar, and the first one's probably not. Uh, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God will be with you, and whatever. If you don't need that today, you don't need those words today, file those away, as we say, because there will be a day when that's going to be important to you. At least watch those texts and those things as we get that today. Let's stand as we sing that.
Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you. We thank you for the tithes and offerings that we will bring and we pray that they will be used for your glory. And we remember that you are, in fact, the one and only that we need. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So oftentimes, sometimes, not nearly as much now as it used to be, but people would tell me to act my age. Um, I don't know why they'd say that, because I thought I was doing grown-up things. But uh, as I reflected upon the song I'm about to sing, uh, I turned to Matthew chapter 18, verses 2 and 3. He called to him, a, to him a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, and this is Jesus talking, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. With that, I propose this song. A child, faith is like a child. Simple in its spirit, generous and kind. 
willing to accept what cannot be denied or be defined. One thing, simple childlike faith and nothing more, that's all Jesus Christ has ever asked us for. Simple childlike faith and nothing more. A child, faith is like a child, innocent and trusting even in its doubt. Honest in its search and trying hard to learn what God's about. One thing, simple childlike faith and nothing more. That's all Jesus Christ has ever asked us for. Simple childlike faith and nothing more. A child, faith is like a child, taking it for granted miracles can be. Leaning to believe in things it cannot touch, or even see. One thing, simple childlike faith and nothing more, that's all Jesus Christ has ever asked us for. Simple childlike faith and nothing more. Simple childlike faith and nothing more. Boy, we just don't know what kind of talent we have in this church, do we? Now, Herb, I've... I saw your name in the bulletin and a solo. I said, Herb's doing a solo. Isn't that great? Thank you, Herb. What a wonderful song and what a wonderful message that you have, you have presented to us today. Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And uh, it's kind of split. I'm going to read the first two verses of chapter 11 and then skip down to verse 8 through 16. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. And then in verse eight, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to a city that has foundations whose architecture and builder is God. 
By faith, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person and this one as good as dead, descendants were born as many as the stars of heaven and as of as innumerable as grains of sand in the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, God has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. Once upon a time, there lived a humble man who accepted everything that happened in life as an act of God. If something good happened, God did it. If something bad happened, that also was an act of God, according to this man. But unfortunately, he also happened to be about the unluckiest man alive, which makes you wonder about his theology, doesn't it? But never once did he complain. He got married and his wife ran off with his best friend. His daughter fell in with the wrong crowd and became addicted to drugs. His son was in a bad accident. He lost a fortune in the stock market. A runaway car hit the corner of his house and cost thousands of dollars worth of damage. And yet, at each stroke of misfortune, he knelt and gave thanks to God. One day, he was out working in his garden when a thunderstorm suddenly passed overhead. And without warning, a bolt of lightning struck a tree nearby, which fell in his direction. And so he jumped up out of the way and, and, and trying to get out of the way, but he caught his shirt on a bush, ripping the shirt off of his back. And at this point, he fell on top of a hornet's nest, which proceeded to sting him unmercifully. After they had finished stinging his naked back, he slowly rose to his knees, clasped his hands, raised his eyes toward heaven, and then for the first time in his life, he asserted himself and said, Lord, this is getting plumb ridiculous. Well, it was getting ridiculous, wasn't it? And yet still, you've got to admire the man's steadfast faith. You and I probably would have raised a few questions of God long before this, wouldn't we? And yet, there is an element of biblical faith in this man's attitude. Not that everything that happens is an act of God, because I don't believe that's true. Some things just happen. We live in a universe of cause and effect, and and, and that's the way God created it. We live by certain scientific laws. If you drop a book, it's going to fall. If your toe happens to be in the way, it's going to hit it. And if it's a big book, it's going to hurt. But God didn't cause that. It was an accident. Or perhaps it was a a negligence on your part. But don't blame God. 
However, biblical faith does give God praise even in the midst of our adversity. Because we know that even in the midst of our adversity, God is with us. For you see, faith is an attitude about life. The biblical character Job questioned the reasons for his sufferings, just like any of us would. But he still was able to praise God because faith is a steadfast attitude about life. It is an attitude that says, God is with me. Therefore, I can endure any circumstance that comes my way. John Killinger, in one of his books, describes a busy airport one afternoon, late in the afternoon, and people are scurrying around. If you've been in a major airport, you, especially during peak times of the day, you know what I'm talking about here. People are scurrying around, trying to meet their schedules, trying to make their connecting flights. Maybe they've been away for a while. Tempers are a little on edge. Nerves are, are ragged here. And, and when suddenly in, in the midst of all of this hustle and bustle, there is a loud voice that erupts and exclaims, Good work, God! Well, nearly everyone turns around to see an elderly woman in a wheelchair gazing out of a large plate glass window at a majestic sunset lighting the sky. Smiles break out on many faces. Some of the passengers began to walk with a renewed bounce in their step. And the atmosphere of the entire place is transformed by this one woman's observation. Good work, God. And that, my friends, is biblical faith. It is faith that all of life is in God's hands and that God will never forsake God's children. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to, to have that kind of faith. And as a matter of fact, sometimes our intellectual sophistication can stand in the way of authentic faith. William Willimon once told about a woman who attended a church that he used to serve many years ago. She said that she happened to she had begun attending to the, uh, this church a number of years before because it was the only church in the area where a black person could feel welcome. Well, this pleased Williman, and the woman had 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 a difficult life. She had experienced firsthand a lot of oppression in her life and tragedy and hatred. And Dr. Williman was overwhelmed by this woman's story. Just a year before, her beloved husband of many years had, had died, a terrible death, a painful death. Her only son was in jail after a sleazy bank deal that had gone bad and and now she had taken in her two little grandchildren as her sole responsibility, even though she was getting up in years. And as he visited her, he, he felt this overwhelming sense of futility. What would become of her? How could she hope to overcome all of these difficulties in her life? And yet, expressing a faith born out of years of struggle and pain, this is what she said to him. She said, I know that God will make a way for us. I found that when I've reached out, God was there. 
Not always when I wanted, but always when I absolutely needed, God was there. God doesn't always come on time, but God always comes, and I'll make it with God's help. Yes, I'll make it. Well, without thinking, Willimon, who was a young pastor at the time, asked, how can this be? You've got these children, you've got these huge financial problems, your health isn't all that great. After all that you've been through, how can this be? And this was his educated, sophisticated way of saying, you've got to face the facts, you've got to be realistic. But let me ask you something, folks. Is absolutely absolute faith in God? Is it really realistic? Not always, it's not. And that's a question that each of us will have to face at some time in our lives. Do you really and truly sincerely believe that whatever comes your way, you and God can handle it? Folks, I'm not sure that there's a more important question out there than that one. Pastor Edward Marquardt tells about three pictures that were published sometime back in the newspaper. Each of this, these pictures was of a man named Bill Sheridan. The first picture was of Bill and his wife, his two seven-month-old twins standing on a third-floor balcony. Flames of fire were shooting behind him and billows of smoke could be seen behind them. And the caption beneath the picture read, Throw the child. The flames were crackling behind them and the parents were almost paralyzed with fear. And someone was shouting from below, throw the child, throw the children. The next picture showed Bill Sheridan throwing his seven-month-old child into the air. And the caption said, we will catch them. The third picture was of the family, mother, father, Two infant children huddled together in safety with the burning apartment in the background. They were crying with joy, tears of joy and, and fear. With the fire behind them and a 40-foot drop in front of them, they had literally made a leap of faith. And that, my friends, is trust. Robert Sutton in Leadership Magazine gives another vivid picture of trust and faith. A television documentary showed blind skiers being trained for snow skiing. I want you to think about that a minute, folks. Imagine that. Have you ever been skiing? Snow skiing? That's hard enough as it is. But skiing blind, I just can't hardly even imagine that. But these skiers are are paired up with sighted skiers who taught them how to to turn right and how to turn left. And when they had mastered that, they were taken up onto the slopes where the sighted skiers would would ski right beside them, shouting right, left, right, left. And as they obeyed these commands, they were able to negotiate the course and cross the finish line, depending solely upon the sighted skiers word. It was either complete trust Or catastrophe. Now, folks, that's faith, isn't it? 
That's faith. Faith is an attitude about life. It is a complete trust that the God of creation loves us and is for us, regardless of what our circumstances may be. It's trusting God like those parents in that burning building trusted the firefighters below as they threw their beloved children off the balcony. It is trusting God like those blind skiers trusted those sighted partners. And that's what the writer of Hebrews meant when he wrote, By faith, Noah built an ark. And by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't even know where he was going. The writer of Hebrews gives us examples, if you read on in that chapter, of person after person who, in spite of daunting circumstances, did what God wanted wanted them to do. And he says, this is what faith is. By faith, they did these things. So you see, faith is utter trust in God, regardless of what our circumstances may be. On February 10th, 1973, three men were executed by firing squad in Uganda. Ugandan Bishop Festo Kivangeri was there that day and he tells about what happened. He says that February 10th began as a sad day for the residents of Kabale, Uganda. People were ordered to come to the stadium to witness this execution. Death permeated the atmosphere. A silent crowd of about 3,000 people were there to watch. The bishop and two of his fellow ministers had permission from the authorities to speak with these men before they died. And so they brought the men in a truck and and unloaded them in the middle of the stadium. They were handcuffed and their feet were shackled. The firing squad stood at attention. and, And as they walked into the center of the stadium, the good bishop and the other two pastors were wondering to themselves, what in the world can I say to these men today? How do you give the gospel to doomed men who, who presumably are seething with rage? And so the bishop and his fellow pastors approached the condemned men from behind. And as the men turned to look at them, something quite remarkable happened. For you see, the, man, the men's faces lighted up with an unmistakable radiance. And before the pastors could say a word, one of them burst out and he said, Bishop, thank you for coming. I wanted to tell you that the the day I was arrested in my prison cell, I asked the Lord Jesus to come into my heart. He came in and he forgave me of all of my sins and heaven is now open to me. And there's nothing between me and my God. Please tell my wife and children that I'm going to be with Jesus and ask them to accept him into their lives as I did. The two other men told similar stories, their handcuffs rattling in excitement. Bishop Kivangeri felt that what he needed to do was to talk with the soldiers instead of the, the prisoners, not to the condemned man, but to the soldiers. And so he translated what the men said into a language that the soldiers could understand and The military men were were standing there in the line with their guns cocked and 
astonishment on their faces. They were so dumbfounded that they forgot to put the hoods over the men's faces. The three men faced the firing squad standing close together. They looked towards the people in the crowds that began to wave at them, handcuffs and all. And the people waved back. Then shots were fired. And the three men went to be with Jesus. Here's how Bishop Kevin Gary sums up the experience. We stood in front of them, our own hearts throbbing with joy, mingled with tears. It was a day never to be forgotten. Though dead, the men spoke loudly to all of Uganda and beyond so that there was an upsurge of life in Jesus Christ, which challenges death and even defeats it. The next Sunday, I was preaching to a huge crowd in the hometown of one of the executed men, he says. And again, the feel of death was over the congregation. But when I gave them the testimony of their man and how he died, there erupted a great song of praise to Jesus. And many of them turned to the Lord there. My friends, this is how our faith comes to us. It's it's not handed down to us from heaven on a golden platter. It has grown out of the selfless sacrifice of people who trusted in God with everything that they had, including their lives. And that's what the writer of Hebrews meant when he said, by faith, Noah built. By faith, Abraham went. Trusting God completely. Following God obediently, because that's what faith is all about. One thing more that needs to be said today, and that is that this kind of faith is a gift. Folks, you can't think yourself into a faith like this. I'm sorry, it just can't be done. I wish you could. I wish you could simply weigh the evidence rationally and dispassionately and with certainty come to the conclusion that, yes, God is real and God loves me. But that won't happen. Faith can't be appropriated like that. Can't be bought either. You could put a million dollars in the orphan plate and say, now I have acquired faith. And by the way, if you want to try that, I won't object. I certainly don't want to discourage you, and it would certainly boost my faith. But it won't settle life's most important issues for you. Can't even buy faith with your good works, though I hope you'll keep doing the good works that you do. There's only one way that you can have faith in Jesus Christ, and that is to receive it. Open your heart. Pray that Christ's Spirit would come into your heart and then begin to live each day trusting in Jesus. Peter Haynes tells a story about a woman who, kind of like the man at the first of our message, uh, was pretty unlucky in her life. Her name's Judy. Judy. Judy was the kind of person for whom everything went wrong. And if Judy went skiing, she would probably fall and break her leg or her arm She was walking down a a country lane in a bright summer evening and passed by a picket fence and paused just to lean against it. The fence fence would topple over. Um, 
That's just one of the things that happened. Something was always going wrong for Judy. One day she decided she wanted to bake some bread. And so she took out the recipe and carefully gathered all the ingredients together, followed the recipe step by step. But there's one slight problem. Because instead of adding one cake of yeast to the mix as required in the recipe, she added a whole box of yeast to the mix, which were several cakes. And you can imagine what happened next. That dough began to grow and grow and grow. And so she added some more flour and it kept growing and growing. And she added more water and it kept growing, more salt, more wheat germ, more oil. And it just kept growing and growing. She tried cutting the mound of dough in half and pounding it and pleading with it. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And so finally, in desperation, Judy went out and she dug a hole and and buried that huge lump of dough in the front yard. And within about an hour, her father came running into the house screaming, there's something growing in our front yard. That's how Stone Mountain was formed. (laughs) Not really. Well, you know what happened, don't you? The heat of the sun beat down on that ill-fated mound of dough, even though it was buried in the ground. And and, and it brought that yeast back to life and it started growing even more and burst out of the ground. The life of that yeast, which Judy had mixed in her bread dough, was so irresistible. That even its grave could not contain it. And my friends, I see Judy's experience with that dough as a parable of our life of faith. Because you see, faith is a gift which must be received. And once we receive it and come to to depend upon it, we discover that it is self-validating and thus it grows. And it grows and it grows until it can overcome any and every obstacle that we may face. Even the obstacle of death itself. By faith, Noah built an ark with no water in sight. By faith, Abraham went not even knowing where he was going. And by faith, you and I can live victorious lives today. And so my challenge to you this morning is this. Trust the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and mind. Because God loves you. And God is always faithful. And that's something that we can always have faith in. And never be disappointed. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response. It's number 412. My faith has found a resting place. My faith has found a resting place. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's an appropriate hymn, but we're going to sing it anyway, because I, I, I found that faith is also
instead of resting, it kind of energizes us to go and do something, doesn't it? But we're going to sing this hymn that talks about our faith and how it finds its way to us. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ and to to grasp this faith and trust the Lord your God as your Savior, as your friend, as your brother, as your parent. Or perhaps someone is looking for a church home to be a part of, and we invite you to unite with our church today. If God is dealing in your, in your heart with in any way today, we invite you to make that commitment to God and to deal with that urging of God's Holy Spirit in your life. Would you come today as we sing 412, My Faith Has Found a Resting Place. Would you come? As we go from this place, may we go forth in faith. May we go joining the faithful of all generations who labored long and hard and who many of them suffered much and yet rejoiced greatly. May we go in faith knowing that God created us for a purpose and God loves us with a steadfast love and cares for us above all creation. And the peace of God shall go with each of us in faith. Amen.